0: G'day guys and girls, and welcome back to the second part of the round four wrap podcast. So we're going to jump straight back in where we finished off, which was uh, the next game of the round. We're looking at West Coast and the Dockers, the Western Derby. Uh, it was a close game in the end, but it was a game just full of clown fundamentals. It was absolutely awful to watch. No one deserved to win this game. Uh, the amount of missed <laughs> kicks, poor tackles, dropped marks, it was shambolic, and uh, so, yeah, after saying that, let's dive into the scores. Um, West Coast, well, <laughs> Andrew Gaff kept it going, and we knew that as soon as he came back into the side, he was going to step straight back into his fantasy-friendly role, and that he would, if not keep that quite up to that level that he was getting last year, he would still score very well. He's exceeding last year at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I believe that may have been one of my early season calls. It was, it was one of your early season calls, so... You're looking very good for that at the moment, Matt. Yeah, head wobble. Um, Having so, said that, I can't see how I'm going to get him into my team at any point. Yeah, so Andrew Gaff was a uh, was a great call if you brought him in a couple of weeks ago, maybe speculatively, um, yeah, and he's, he's definitely one to look at going forward. He's going to be top eight at yeah. the end of the year. It's just a question of how and when. Yeah, he he looks like one of those players that is very, very hard to tag. So even though he will get tagged to points, he may still get to his like high 90s even when he's got the hard tag on him just because of his running prowess. Yeah. Um, and also the fact that West Coast, the, his team possesses one of the better taggers in the league so he doesn't have to come up against him every other week. So he's 792k and he has Port, Geelong and Gold Coast coming up, break even at 112. Um, this is probably the cheapest that he's going to be. Yeah, I'm happy to say that. Yeah. Um, so if you don't have anything else to do, it's not the worst option. It's not the worst option. Uh, Jack Redden scored 127. This is his first really good score for the year, and the disappointing thing about this is the fact that Sheed scored so low with 65. Now, just quick word on that. I was at the game, mm. and I can absolutely back up what Fantasy Freeco was tweeting a couple of weeks ago, where he said that, Yes, even though Dom Sheed's center bounce attendances haven't really gone down or altered since Gaff's comeback, his wing role has changed completely, and now he's pretty much playing a half-forward role. Yeah, he needs so, to go. So, he need A, he needs to go if the team remains pretty similar, but there's one thing to keep in mind. Now, Chris Maston was genuinely awful with his disposal in this game. There was three or four big kicks that he missed completely and led to absolute rubbish turnovers to, for Fremantle. Um, if Chris... Ma- and Josh Rotham, the youngster, was very, very good in this game. I mean, he was everywhere. He was he was just doing a really good job. He looked like Shannon Hearn 2.0, to be honest. Oh, really? There is a chance that when uh, Lewis Jetta comes back this week, there is a small chance that Chris Maston might get dropped. That would mean that there's more of a wing roll open, which will be shared, I think, between Sheed and Jetta. So there is a lot of ifs. So there's a lot of ifs. My, all right, keep Sheed if Maston is dropped. If Maston keeps his spot in the side, drop Sheed. Absolutely, drop him because he's going to keep playing forward and he's not going to score well enough. And he's also made you some cash already anyway. Yeah. So he's made 102k for the year. His break even is 102. Um, so I can't see him making that next not, week. Not and with his role. his role changes a lot. Exactly. So he would be if you didn't have any urgent things you needed to do, he'd be pretty close to the top of my list of guys to move on. One hundred percent. He'd be very, he, very close. He's still owned by almost seventeen percent of teams. Yes. Yeah. He's very, very high on the list of priorities for me. Um so some of the other so players. What about if yeah. you've got him in draft? If you've got him in draft... Can you do anything with him? I don't think you can after these two weeks because you can't come in with a bargaining chip. You need him to go after... to get one or two big scores again and then you've got something to bargain with. So you've just the, got to bench him for the time. Yeah, time. at the moment you just can't trust him. Or hope that he gets forward status. <clears throat> because but he's if, not going to play enough forward in time to get it, you wouldn't think. Not, not this time around, but in the next release... So, you can hold on to him. If you're not going to get a good trade, you can hold on to him and keep him as either your bench guy or your last midfielder. Or, or stream him with some really good games like against Gold Coast or Carlton. Mm. And then once he gets forward status, which he should playing this role, he can come on later in the year in your forward line. And maybe help you push for finals. Cool. Um, yeah, not too many others I really want to talk about Shannon Hearn was absolutely incredible Brad Shepard the same Shepard's having an awesome year he really is actually he's having I really a like Shepard. really good year um, Elliot Yo again ter- oh, well this well, week terrific has had a little bit of a bounce back yeah so we'll, we'll monitor that but now that he's a midfielder only with these sort of scores it's not good enough to look at at the moment uh, but the rest they're all just draft guys and none of them stood out particularly to me on the day so I think we might move over to the Frio side of the ledger Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, uh, on the Dockers' side, Dave Mundy. This was more the game that you were expecting from him pre-season. <clears throat> no, it's too late now. Yeah, no, it's I don't a, care anymore. No, nah. and he's had his genius. Also, it's he was playing more of an inside role because of Fife. Being out when Fife comes back in, which he should this week. Which he should this week. Dave Mundy's body is too old and beaten up to play that role every single week, so he'll go back to his scoring that he was doing previous to this. Yes. And Matt Taberner looked like an absolute champ, actually, except for when he missed in front of goal. He missed. (laughs) There were a couple of really easy ones that he missed. Kicking a goal has never been a strong point, though. Um, Michael Walters actually did reasonably well considering. Hutchings was locked onto him for some of the game. Uh, he also. 97's looked, pretty good yeah, for a Hutchings tagging. Well, it looked almost like Hutchings was tagging Hill at points in the first quarter, and then Walters started to get off a little bit in the first quarter, and then so he jumped onto Walters. Mm. Um, so there was a little bit, bit of flexibility in this game. Uh, Luke Ryan not quite crashed back down to earth, but came back down to earth with a 69 after his massive 130 last week. Yes, and again. He's still very inconsistent. Absolutely. He's one of the more inconsistent backs so he's definitely not someone to look at in salary cap leagues if you own him in uh, a draft league of some sort I think you just have to ride the roller coaster. <laughs> yeah pretty much you drafted him knowing what he could do and you just have to deal with it yep. I think. and he's still a reasonably young player from a footy perspective yep. or from an AFL perspective so mm. you never know he might manage to build a bit of consistency yep. at some point shall we talk about the best game of the round Gold Coast defeating Carlton this was Absolutely awesome. Did you watch the last few minutes of this game? I watched this entire game. It was oh really good. God, I mean, fantasy wise. I mean, the skill level was really bad. No, yeah. And de- Carlton's forward line is non existent. But, but I it love, was a good game. I love a game. One of my favorite games to watch. Like, it doesn't matter about the skill level sometimes. If the game is close, hotly contested, um, the fantasy scores are good for yeah. us to, to watch trickle over. And also, there's some future in there because we're big fan- keeper league guys, and we yeah. love watching future picks. And what two better teams for that than Gold Coast okay, and the it Blues? It was pretty good. So uh, on the Gold Coast side of the ledger, we'll go with the winners first, shall we? Uh, Tuk Miller was at ridiculous. He was on like eight or nine tackles in the first quarter. That was amazing. It was, was amazing. Stupid. And he hadn't, he barely touched the ball. So I was, I sitting think he had there. one disposal. I was sitting there going, because oh, he's in one of my redraft leagues this year. <laughs> I was going, geez, Tuke hasn't done a lot. Checked his score. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> There's an issue there. It's uh, He was absolutely outstanding. Really yeah. Wits monstered. Uh, Wits is having a really I, solid year. I think I, I... Quite honestly, I knew coming into the start of the year that Wits was going to be that third guy behind mm. the the top the two, two Ruckman. Uh, and he was pro- he's probably going to average between 95 and 100 for the year. That's the sort of Rockman he is because he doesn't get enough of it around the ground. Uh, like Grundy or Gorn do. Yeah. Uh, and that's the only thing and holding he's him. gone back. 95, 93, 93, hundred and twenty six. Yeah. So, he's having a good year. Yeah, it I'm really keen to see when uh Gold Coast come up against the uh the what Demons happens. or the Pies just to see that rock battle. I wanna That'd see the hit outs. Uh Fiorini continues a great year. Dave Swallow again, <laughs> he's scoring mm. very well and I'm not super happy about it because I'm pretty sure I have a bet with someone that Daniel Rich <clears throat> will outscore David Swallow for the year. And it's not looking good for you at the well, moment. Well, it was looking good for the first two weeks, and it's not looking good for the last couple of weeks, so we'll see what happens. It's very <laughs> even. Uh, and Darcy McPherson, he's a, just a high-pressuring, intense forward. So this is quite unusual. He'll yeah. be back down to, like, 60s next week. Yeah, I, I don't want to uh, bring up too many others, except for maybe Chris Burgess, uh, 27 one of my biggest regrets this season is having Chris Burgess from the start of the year and not bringing in Grian Myers. Because Grian Myers has looked terrific. I thought as a small forward playing in an overpopulated Geelong team yeah. that he would be the first one to go. But he's just been so good. He's been really, really good, yeah. And Burgess has been awful. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. There's so, no much more we can say yeah, there. Yeah. Um, they've got a lot of draft guys. They do. Um, some of them are even good draft guys. Mm, so, but, some of them. Um, there's probably nobody else. They'll either, they will be owned or they're not really relevant. Exactly. So. so we'll move on to the Blues and just monster score from Paddy Cripps after a slow start. Mm-hmm. This guy is just one of the best in the competition by far. Big chance for a Brownlow medal, if not this year at some point in his career. And yep. he is a top three to top four midfielder in fantasy. And you need to have him in your side at some point this year. Yeah. Even his bad games are about a hundred. Yeah, no, just no question whatsoever. He's too big. He's too strong to be tagged. If he tag, if someone tags him, he's just going to burst off of him. It's he, or he'll put, go into the forward line where he still manages to score well. Yeah. Um, so Mark Murphy was a great draft score for him with 135, and Sam Walsh just keeps being oh, Sam Walsh. Man, Walsh is amazing. Oh, imagine if you traded away the number one pick in a in a keeper league this year. <laughs> To uh, to somebody that could uh, then take Sam, Sam Walsh would pick one. Oh my god! Imagine if you'd done that, Ryan Hinchcliffe. Uh, imagine <laughs> if that had happened to you. So I uh, just, uh, just just I have think to, there's enough context there. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like we have to insult that guy once, at least once a podcast from <laughs> from now on because this is just getting depressing. How good Sam Walsh is! It is incredible. Cade um, Simpson bounced back this week, which. There was an average score from Nick Newman as well with an 85. I I thought this was the week that Nick Newman could really go big again. He hasn't. I traded him out this week, so this was the week I was worried he was going to go big again. I think this is about him for the year 85 to 90. So he's got an average of, oh, he's got a break even of 89 this week. So he'll probably get around about that. He's not losing you money. He's not making you money. If you've got pressing issues, you can leave him in your side. But yeah, he's if, one of if the, you brought him first in after right round one or round two, he's made you a bit of cash. You can use him as a stepping stone yeah. now. It's not urgent to move him on, but he'd be pretty high on the list. Yeah. Um, Setterfield, uh, we've mentioned him already. He's got the two weeks out with that tackle, which I 100% believe was a fine tackle. That should not... He's just getting suspended because of the fact that the guy's head accidentally hit the ground and he got concussed. The tackle was fine; was uninjured. They wouldn't have looked twice at the tackle. There there was no issue with the tackle. It was an accident, and the fact that he's got two weeks is just this roulette system of the AFL tribunal. It is a bit ridiculous. Absolutely terrible. It is what it is. He's out for two weeks. He was getting close to um, the point where you needed to move him on anyway. So. You have to do something this week, particularly because there's a good chance he's on your field because he's annoyingly one of the better <laughs> the better forward rookies at the moment around. So you definitely need to do something with him. And he scored, the the annoying thing is he scored much better this week. A seventy was a good return. Mm-hmm. His break even has dipped slightly lower. So when he comes back, he's going to still make a bit more money. But if you trade him out now, you can't He's, he's not cheap enough that you can really bring him back in. No. So, no. there's there's not but really I, much in there I think there will be a lot of teams where he'll be on the field. If yeah. you just switch him onto your bench, you're playing a Parker or a Burgess or, or a um, someone like that. So oh, yeah, you need to get rid of you him. Need to, you need to trade him. Yeah. Okay, so, on to the last game of the round. We've got the Hawks and the Saints. The Saints just came back against a really undermanned Hawks. I mean, they copped so many injuries in this game alone. And given what they had already suffered uh, pre-season. So we'll go into the Saints. Seb Ross bounced back. Now, we talked about trusting Zach Merritt earlier. Yes. we, we t- Also, we, I was going to say, we spoke about Ross last week. and yeah, we in, did. That he was still racking the ball up. He just wasn't doing much else. Mm-hmm. He only had two marks and four tackles in this game, and he kicked, so he kicked yeah. a goal to get some extra yeah. points. So it, I find it reassuring that he managed to do this, and he still hasn't quite turned that corner of doing yeah. more stuff. So we had a question last week of, would you be concerned if you had Ross in mm-hmm. a draft league? No, I'm not concerned. I am. You you still are. Stephen didn't play in this game again, so I'm I'm very interested to see if. This will continue on, and maybe he can bring the marks and the tackles up to what they were last year. Or if Steven comes back in in the next couple of weeks, particularly this week, mm-hmm. will he just go straight back down? I want another week or two before I consider him in salary caps. If you've got him in a draft league, I wouldn't hold be considering him. him in salary caps. Yeah. Oh. I don't think he's going to be top eight end of the year, mm-hmm. and I don't think... But he's dipped so much. <laughs> yeah. He's dipped a lot. He's, t- he's just as cheap as, if not cheaper than, Merritt. Well, I'd, have, I'd go Merritt because I think there's more potential. Happy, happy with that. Well, I think there's potential for Merritt to work his way back up to be one of the top eight at the end of the year. Yeah. I don't think there's that potential for Seb Ross. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, Nunes was very good in this game, and he's had a really solid year as well as a forward. There's not many good options in the forward line, but this guy's one that you can sort of rely on a little bit more, to be honest. Um, he's playing a very fantasy-friendly role. Uh, what have his scores? So he's averaging 95.5 for yeah, the year. Yeah. I think, just off the top of my head, he's had. The every... Lowest score for the year was 86, which is yeah. not terrible I considering. Yeah, he's some... gone 86, two in the mid 90s, and then this score. Yeah. So he's having a really pretty consistent it's year. It's a solid year. Um, without being spectacular. Yeah. but And he's underpriced at 578, is not the worst one to have a look at. Um, all right, so just quickly on some of the others. Jack Steele was. Look, I'm, He was actually looking really good at half-time and slowed down a lot in the second half. It's it's frustrating because with Jack Steele, I did expect some scores like 110 and 110-plus 110 quite regularly from this guy. Mm. Um, here's hoping he can build more into that. Rowan Marshall was spectacular again. He was only an 88 score from him, but he just looks so good. Yeah, um, And he had less tackles than he normally does. Only one tackle in this game. I think he's averaging close to four or five. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> for a keeper perspective yeah he, there's a very good chance he is already taken I don't have his, his ownership percentage but Josh Battle mm. looks very comfortable in that in the back line in the back line he playing does. an intercepting role yeah he, I'm, strong marks I, I like him as a bit of a um, bench I, stash I, so do I uh, not sure how he plays next year when Carlisle comes back in when we're talking keeper leagues and also it makes the strengths he's showing at the moment makes me worried for Caulfield So, if you're a Caulfield owner in Keeper League, like I am, I'd be worried. Because Caulfield's... Yeah, just not showing what what we saw at underage level. Yeah, it might just take him a little while to get there. And sometimes it does. Uh we'll go on to Hawthorne, uh because we're running short on time here. So James Alrighty. Sicily, one hundred and eleven from him was great, and Ricky Henderson has been incredible to start the year. He is. Well, one of our mates described him as the least sexy salary cap pick or least sexy fantasy pick you can ever make. Yeah. But he just gets the job done every single week. That's what I'm just, I just, I can't agree more with that. He just, he's been so good. The fact that they've got so many injuries, he's the guy no one really expected to get the pick up, and, yeah. and he has. He's been outstanding. Yeah. Uh, Tom Scully. First decent score from him. Yeah, he was on track for nice a big 100, 100, actually, at half time. Yeah, no, he's uh, built very nicely. Yeah, building, building. Just keep an eye on him. Just keep, keep an eye on this. And a, a more solid score from James Warper with a 92. Hang on to him for a little bit longer. There's yeah. pressing issues that we need to look at before yeah, him. Much bigger issues. Scrimshaw as well, 79. Um, I'd be fairly comfortable playing Scrimshaw on the field in your salary cap sites yeah. at the moment, particularly over... Your clerks or anyone else of that book, very much so. Um, and some of the injuries to come out of that game, James Cousins is a chance he might not play this week. And uh, bear in mind too that they play on the Monday. Yes. So I'm a bit concerned about Cousins being a late out, mm-hmm. and or even not being in the final team, and us not knowing until after lockout. Yeah. It's so a- this is one of the most difficult um, lockouts of the year because of that Monday game. Yeah. So I'm very concerned about Cousins.
1: Keep if an eye on the medical the reports. Too?
0: Yeah. I'd be looking at Cousins as someone to move on this week for the 10% that still own him, even though his break even still only 51 I don't mind that. Um, so I think that's all that I want to talk about from Hawthorne, unless, unless there's anyone that you can see. Let me just very quickly skim and skim through. No, I'm good. All right, Beauty. Well, we're going to jump straight into your questions from Twitter. Thanks again for sending them through, guys. Don't forget, we can be found at ExtendedBenchAU. Give us a follow, give us a like. um, And when you listen to us on iTunes, if you could get in and give us a review as well, that would be fantastic. We love reading through what you guys have to say. So we'll jump into your questions now. The first one comes from Matt at Intel Sonic, who's asking, do we jump on Laird or wait around to see if he backs it up? We talked about that earlier, didn't we? Yeah, I say we wait around. Wait around. His break-even was about 116. So even if he plays well this week he's not going to jump in price massively so no. he's, it's going to be pretty similar for definitely him next wait around wait until if he had like you say if he has a great game that break even is going to come down to something more manageable and you know he's not going to go up that much in price no. um, Craig at Subdob asks looking to trade out Sheed but not sure if I should bring in Rocky or as cash is limited, do I go with Libra instead? So first of all, 100% trade-out sheet. Love <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely a good idea. Um, um, Rocky or Libra, I think you'd be happy with either.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Rocky has the higher ceiling, obviously. Um, but I'm, just, Liber, I'm just looking up Liberatore. Uh, Liber... Uh, L-I-B-E-R-A-T. Yeah, that's, that's how I thought it was spelt as well. But apparently, the uh, the AFL Fantasy website is suggesting that it does not exist. So, we'll try this again. What are you trying to find? This Libertor- is amazing. This, is, by this the way. is ridiculous. This is incredible. <laughs> this is- ah, 570K. Okay, beautiful. So, 570K for Tom Libertore. He's got a break even of. Oh, you, it's 29. 29. It went up 32K last week. Uh. He's still got a lot of money to make, and he's averaging very, very well. And the Bulldogs have a very healthy run of opponents in the next few weeks. I'd go liver um, for the cash. Yeah, I, it makes I agree. you it makes you money. It you're, ma- you're saving a lot of cash there. Yeah. You are going to miss out on the big scores though, because he doesn't have the same ceiling. No, but he's <laughs> making you. But he's still seventy k. Seventy k is what he makes. And that he's trade. still an upgrade on Sheed. And. But we said earlier in the podcast, there is a chance that Rockcliffe could cop the Hutchings tag this week, <clears throat> which would be very, very interesting to see. So, I'm, yeah, I, I like liver, mate. That's what I'd be going with. Um, yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I like liver because of something that we'll discuss with one of our upcoming yeah. questions, which is the fact that so many of our rookies and mid-prices aren't quite fat enough to cull yet. Mm-hmm. And there's not really any good downgrade options coming through at the moment. Absolutely. So therefore, you need to save cash where you can. All right, we've got a question from... Uh, oh, no, we've got a question from Rai Hinn, who uh, may or may not be the uh, the person we, we mentioned earlier in the podcast, who Foolishly traded... me threw away. <laughs> threw away pick one in, in, in our Keeper League draft, mm. which turned out to be Sam Walsh. So we'll... Uh, hey, mate, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for the questions. Appreciate okay. your Boop input. back next week. <laughs> All right, uh, he's got three parts of it. Three parts, okay. Dom Sheed seems to be suffering with the gap, with gaff back in the team. Can we see him surpassing Redden and not playing that pointless forward role? Uh, no, uh, no, I can't either. Yeah, I, I just I don't see. I I think that Sheed has proven in the past that he can play quite well up forward. He kicks goals more regularly than Redden, so I don't see yeah. why the coach would move him. Like Redden's not a good forward Sheed's proved he can Yeah, it's unfortunate We all kind of got on board with the On the Dom Sheed train But we were operating On very, very limited sample size Yes, we were And he's reverted to what he's done Consistently mm-hmm. in the past we, now. we assumed or we hoped That he would continue on with it But it's just the role And and West Coast would still be Very happy with how he's playing oh, It's yeah. just The role has changed completely now but um, I'm 100% You need to move him on this yeah. week uh, Time to cut and run On Billy Longer in Keepers Yep. Yes. Yep. Uh, Marshall is the future. Unless Marshall gets injured, Longer's not going to play. That's, he, Longer we, is not good enough to play as a forward. You, you may realize we are all aboard the Robin Train. 100%. Uh, and number three, is Ebert the real deal for redraft? I think he is because I think the other thing is there is a big chance he might get forward status. Um, very big chance. Very big chance he'll get forward status this year. So he is averaging 103 so, if you, as long as you're in a keeper league that has uh position redrafted. changes, um uh, but yeah, sorry, redraft that has position changes. Uh he's very yeah, big as, as a forward I'm not particularly excited. Are oh, you mean as a midfielder? Uh, yeah, yes, sorry. Yeah. As a midfielder, I'm not particularly excited because I mean, he's yeah. a he's a middling sort of guy. He's not going to average 100. Yeah. Uh, 105 plus for the year, but he could go up a little bit more on last year's scoring, an average 98 to As 101. A forward, very, very interested, yeah, particularly one. in your draft format. Definitely. Uh, all right, this one's from Nick Callahan, good mate of ours, who's asking, will Bailey Williams get back to last year's form? My waiver wire is extremely thin, so my swap will most likely involve Christian's boy, Taylor Duray. Uh, Taylor Jure is not my boy, Nick. once upon a time, once upon a time, once upon a time, I may or may not have taken him in the fifth round of a keeper league startup startup draft. This was many years ago. It was uh, he, he. was very young. I was very young. We, we. It was. It's a long story. And he's forever more your boy. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm going to breeze past that. But will well, Bailey Williams get back? He a well, back team first. Yeah. He's all. not a, not even on the park. He's mate. played only one game. Uh, and um, I'm not a hundred percent convinced that he will. I wouldn't be betting on it because the bulldogs seem to be meshing very well at the moment. I don't think that he will be out. He will just instantly come back into the team. He will have to work his way back in. I can. The most likely outcome I can see for him from a, fa- a fantasy perspective that works mm-hmm. is an injury to someone, and him coming in and playing more of a wing role. Because I think their rebounding backmen are quite well set at the moment with. Um, JJ Daniel and Crozier agreed yeah okay Well, we'll get on to the next question which is from Kyle Brett who's asking are we finding that we are going to be keeping our rookies much longer than expected due to lack of upgrade targets this is kind of the one I touched on before you did for me it's more of a lack of decent downgrade targets to go to I think there's actually a lot of upgrade targets available. It's just picking the right ones because mm. there's a lot of inconsistency at the moment. But I, I do agree with Kyle in that... You are yes, we, them we are holding them longer. So um, yeah. we think probably for different reasons, but I, I definitely think you need to hold on to these guys longer, particularly... You just need to wait until to find out if they're rested. Guys like Willem Drew or um, uh, Dursmer, you know, yep. those sorts of guys, they're going to come up against arrests at some point soon. Dersma, in particular, I think will be soon. Yep. The issue is, you might have to move someone earlier than you want to. They might not be completely ready to move on yet because you can't have them all peak at the same time. Yep. You've got to stagger it somehow. You might have to do that artificially yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's from Dim Slickies at Dim Nicky Peter, uh, who's uh, who's been following us for a while. So good on you, mate. Thanks for the question. Uh, Thank you. Do I trade Gibbs to Redden, who is on the scrap heap in draft? This is a big no for me. This is a hell no. So I'm much more comfortable with Gibbs because he Adelaide were woeful this week. They were awful. Gibbs is going to come straight. He's going to walk into that team. He, he just. Stroll into that team, and he is going to score. Well, he may not be incredible the first week back, but he should have that fire in the belly, and he should really do much better in this or in the team this week. Look, I think with Brad Crouch back this year, we can't expect Gibbs to have um, the amazing fantasy years he's had in the past. Yeah, but Redden, I think, is just too. There's too much danger there for him to be inconsistent yeah. for me. Let me just say, if Gibbs is your last midfielder, like, on your bench or something like that, and Redden is in the scrap heap in your draft league, that's a that's a shallowish league. So, um, uh, you must be doing quite well to have Gibbs on your bench. Um, but also, if your league is a bit deeper and someone has just gotten really frustrated with Jack Redden, pick him up for, for someone else that you have way down on your bench. Um, yeah. Just, yeah, give him a chance, because he has come off the back of a 120. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Redden deserves to be on a list. I agree with but that. But he's not consistent, and he, he'd not have a, Gibbs. R- much rather have Gibbs. Okay, so we've got a couple of questions here from Caleb St. Arthur. Uh, first one, is the Tom Lynch hype real? Six goals against Port could average 85-plus from now on it could be real I don't think it is no I don't think so either he needed that 6 goals to get to the 88 last week and the other thing you got to remember is Jack Rewa will come back soon mm-hmm. I, don't, I still don't know the dynamic of, we don't know how it's going to work those first couple of weeks Tom Lynch was too underdone mm. so we're just we're not sure and the other thing was he kicked 6 goals against Port from memory I don't think he actually got a lot of the ball beyond that no pretty much it was get ball kick goal it was So that's not Conducive to a good long-term fantasy season. Yeah, agreed. Um, so I no, I wouldn't be jumping on it to be honest, mate. Um, and his second part of the question is any potential DPP changes that could happen after round six that we should be looking at picking up before anyone else gets the chance. Now.
1: This Wait, is we, were a talk- tough one. we were
0: talking about this earlier. This sounds almost like you're talking about it from a draft point of view. You haven't said whether it's draft or salary cap, mate. Yeah. Um, the fact that you say picking up before anyone else gets the chance, we like, think sure. Draft. <laughs> yeah. I, so if it is draft, no. Don't, I, I don't like doing that in draft leagues because most of the guys that will be doing amazingly anyway, like, even if it's a midfielder who you think will get forward status, They'll be owned in a draft league, yeah. um, it, and if they aren't, there's, it's high risk reward. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, not in a draft league, and in salary caps, no. Don't don't bring in anyone until they've been given the changes. Just it's too big a risk. Like if you go with someone like Gary Ablett or Brad Ebert, yep. um, you know these sorts of guys who we think might get that yep. status. What, if they don't, if there's just, just some mic- microscopic, you know, statistic that stops them from getting it. You're stuffed and that's a trade you've either wasted or and you'll have to fix up yeah. or just hold and... Yeah, I, I, I would be it. waiting. Yeah, so definitely wait. I wouldn't be going early on positional changes. It's just not something I'm comfortable with. But uh, I do hope that helps, mate. Uh, now, and we've got another more in-depth question, actually, from a, a long-time listener. So, this one's interesting. Yeah. We, he's They're asked all us, interesting. This absolutely. This one's particularly interesting. He's asked us to just give him a bit of a help specifically with his salary cap team. He's, he's having a bit of a struggle this week. And... He sent us through a picture of his team, uh, and we, we've, we've had a little bit of a, a quick look. So uh, his defense, we've got Lloyd, Newman, Smith, Williams, Dersma, and Scrimshaw with uh, Clark and Hoare on the bench. We've got McCray, Cripps, Taranto, Rockliffe, Brad Crouch, Liberatore, Sam Walsh, and Constable on the field in the mids with uh, Stack and Gibbons on the bench. We've got Grundy Gorn, great combo there, and just a couple of rookies on the bench. And then we've got Danger, Tim Kelly, Warple, Will Setterfield, Drew, Petricelli with Bolter and Parker. So, on the first bench. of all, awesome team. That is a really good team. I don't <laughs> know why job. you're struggling, to be honest, mate. Like, that's a great team. We like, should be asking you for advice. <laughs> yeah, no, after last week's effort, like, seriously, you should be doing your own podcast, mate. So, good effort. Um, what, Look, what would we be doing? You w- need one, to move Setterfield. Setterfield is the number one thing to do. Easy answer to that question. You need to move on Setterfield. Um, now, considering who you've got on your bench for Setterfield, mm-hmm. it was... Refresh my memory. We've got Bolter and we've got Parker. So, you're not happy bringing I'm either of those guys on. I'm not comfortable either one of those guys playing on the field. Yeah. So, for me, we're upgrading Setterfield to somebody that you're comfortable starting. Yes, so what the other I, thing is he's got 160k in the bank. Yeah, you've got a little bit of money left in the bank to play with he was telling us. So I what we sort of came up with for you mate just a bit of a trade idea is look, I would be getting rid of Clark and Setterfield. They'll they'd yep. be the two I was looking at. You can't bring in Ross I wouldn't say this week with the makeup of your team. He's a midfielder only I believe, which means that he is, yes. and and there's no one in your midfield that's really you're not going to make enough money. Exactly. So, Or you end up having to play him on the field, and that's a downgrade for who you're starting midfield. Is. This is a big POD, but I, we, we're both suggesting go with Clark down to Lockhart, who's someone that you don't have, and if he is named this week, he's a really good chance to score well. Very low break that even. Makes you a bit of cash. Um, and and then with your other trade, go use that cash in the bank. Use the cash you made from the first trade. Go set a field up to... We think... Nunes. Nunes, because so, unfortunately you are just short of Heaney. You are four k off of getting Heaney, mate, and you are about thirty k off of getting Billings, which is really unfortunate. But I think Nunes, with his lowish break even, of with his solid scoring potential, with his good role, I think that's a really good option to replace set of field scoring in your and team. And he he'll be a good stepping stone to one of those other premiums to someone else. in a few weeks. Time. But you might be able to use him as a stepping stone to Devon Smith in a few weeks' time. That might be the something yep. you look at. So that's, um, that's, that's our, our thoughts. That's our thoughts. Hopefully that helps, Matt. And with that done, those are all the questions this week. Like I said, keep them coming in. You can message us anytime on Twitter. More than happy to help you out with some of these issues you're having. Uh, we're going to play our favorite game of the week, which is Risk It for the Biscuit. I'm sure you all know how to play this already, but basically what we do is we look at guys on your waiver list in deep draft leagues, guys that are less than 50% owned uh, by the Ultimate Footy Competition, guys that you can bring in for one week if you have an injury if you have uh, a particular matchup where you need a great score on your field if you're looking for someone to stream on a friday night or something like that uh, these are the guys you should be looking at these are the guys that are going to pump out a big score in that one particular yeah. week so last week <laughs> last week i picked duman duman and Camden McIntosh you did. Neither of them um, got our required threshold. To no, score they did not. They, they, were they were awful. You went Thurlow. I did, and also he, a failure. Yeah, not good. But I, I was he was solid. Um, yeah. You also went Shane Edwards. I did go Shane Edwards, who scored eighty-one. That grant gives you one point. Gives me one point. He was he's a forward. He scored between seventy-five and ninety-five. Oh, and ninety. Sorry, yeah. which gives you one point. If it's a forward or a defender that also scores ninety plus, that gives you two points. For a midfielder, we're looking for something a bit more sizable, so they need to go 85-plus for one point or 100-plus for two points. Yep. So uh, we're going to dive into this week's So piece. you have first pick this I week? I have the first pick, and we mentioned it earlier in the podcast that I am super keen to go Alex Keith, and I am going Alex Keith. Damn you. But not only am I going Alex Keith, I'm using the once a season double chance to go Alex Keith. So well, double or nothing. Double or nothing. One, once I a season, you. we have a double or nothing card. We can play it. I'm putting it on the table right now. And what this means is, if Alex Keith goes 75 between 75 and 90 this week, I will receive two points instead of one. And if he goes 90 plus this week against Gold Coast, mind you, I will receive four points. Instead of you. 38% owned. He was my number one pick for this week. 38% owned. Coming up against Gold Coast. And the other thing is, his scores over the past few weeks, he's gone 77, 39, which was very, very poor. But since then, 88, 94. He's been terrific. Yeah, against Geelong two weeks ago, he had eight marks and really played that intercepting role and set him off of halfback. And last week, 94 against North, he had 14 Mm. marks. So he's really playing that sort of. He's um, playing the dirty role, the, the Tommy, the, the D, Tommy D, role. D. So I really like that pick. I think he's an awesome selection. I'm happy. I'm going to leave the studio now. I, I don't. I don't need to <laughs> so be. So I now have to come up with two options. <laughs> Suck it. Um, I am going with two Hawthorne players. Okay, so I'm going to have to wait till Monday to see how they both go. Yeah. Number one is David Mirror, defender, 47% owned. Uh, he's been sort of sitting there or thereabouts in his three games for the year. Yep. 76 versus Adelaide, 74 versus North. And 88 versus the Saints. So when he's on the field, he does tend to win his own ball and, and score reasonably well. He does. So I'm going David Mira. Um, the other one I'm going with is... Do you get points for leadership? I would hope so. Because I assume that he, he's, he's <laughs> I, one of those players that's a better leader than a user. Yeah, but you took my best options. So. <laughs> uh, and I was also busy at work today, so I don't oh have many God. options. Um, uh, I'm also going with Daniel Howe. Yeah, that's a good pick, 45%. Okay. That's a good He is pick. a centre only, so I do need him to score more. To but he actually. scored solidly on return this week. He did, yeah. And he tends to be pretty solid. Um, with all those weeks. injuries as well, big option. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I, to be honest, I don't mind those picks. When you've got a team like Hawthorne who's suffering with a lot of injuries, they are good. it is good to bring in some of those fringe guys just to see what they can do. Um, unfortunately, you can't stream them uh, by putting them uh, as your emergency and uh, and bringing them on if you see a good score. So, playing uh, putting a non-playing uh, person on your field, uh, obviously with the last game on the Monday. But I think they're good options. Yep. So. Likewise. That's risk it for the biscuit this year. As for the past two years, I am in the lead, which I am super happy about, and you may need to get me three trophies because you still haven't given me my first two, Matt. I'll get there. (laughs) Yeah, I bet you will. Uh, I bet you will. That's just disdain coming from your your lips right now. You after after stealing Keith, I'm just mentally pushing back the delivery time even further that'll do us for the podcast this week guys thanks so much for joining us and uh, we will be back next week to once again answer all of your questions we'll be reviewing round 5 we'll be looking into some of the trades we should be making because it's that very short week turnaround between Mm -hmm. round 5 and round 6 and it'll be very very close to when the DPP changes are listed so Mm -hmm. we'll be able to give you some more information on that but until then I hope you have a great weekend of fantasy footy ahead good luck in your matchups and we'll see you next week